We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Oh, hello. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. We made it to Friday, and, and more significantly, actually worked five days this week. I, I, a little bit strange, uh, just saying. A little bit uh, arduous, kind of like uh, a marathon. Feel like Forrest Gump going back and forth across America running. But, you know, we made it to Friday, and you did too, so congratulations. Anyway, a uh, lot of things to get into uh, this morning. A uh, lot of comments on certain videos I posted last Last night, um, going out with friends, and uh, uh, yes, Mrs. Nerd's nose just happened to uh, itch at the same time the video went on before she said hello to you, and that, of course, was uh, directed at me and not you, as made clear in the post, and of course, Bill Mason was there. A lot of fun last night. I enjoy Thursday nights. I don't know what night you go out, but Thursdays uh, are a lot of fun. Looking forward to maybe a quiet Friday night. Just a nice, quiet, chill, laid-back Friday night. You know, did you ever used to go to the movies? There, there was a time when almost every weekend you would find us at a movie, and then that evolved into going out to see bands and live music, and uh, that continues to uh, evolve. Anything you do in your life is always uh, an evolution, and ideally it is an evolution of uh, an evolution of fun. Those of you who are in Canada, that might be evolution of fun, I think, depending on where you might live uh, in the Great White North. We have uh, many things we're going to get into today. Um, we're actually going to get into UFOs in just a little bit. UFOs. Uh-huh. Nope, it's not coast-to-coast. Coast. Nope, I'm not George Norrie, but... UFOs have actually gone mainstream. How many of you watch Ancient Aliens? How how many of you? Maybe one, two? Okay, well, that's a start. Uh, Also, we're going to do the natural gas thing again. Coming up right after the news at 4.30, we'll have the state Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort on with us. He's got a petition online to stop any ban of natural gas appliances in New York State. I put a link up on the Bowerly on WBEN Facebook page. I certainly hope you will check it out. Always good to hear Lauren Fix on with David Bellavia, the car coach, 12.30 until 1 every Friday. Naturally, she has strong opinions on uh, EVs and uh, everything underlying that. And uh, just uh, Frank Panasuk mentioned this yesterday, but this uh, natural gas situation has put Governor Hochul's political future into some doubt. Now, she did win election 
just a couple of months ago. She won election to the job she inherited due to Andrew Cuomo's resignation. But my understanding is that uh, many Democrats are not very happy with being put on the spot over this proposal coming from the governor's office and the state of the state address. And um, the uh, uh, proposal is just that at this point. Uh, in case you didn't hear yesterday, I was in error um, a few days ago, and I have corrected that error. But if I make an error, I like to own it, and I like to make sure that you know exactly what the situation is. There is no bill that has even been clocked into the state legislature. No bill that's even been clocked in to the state legislature. Therefore, there is no bill waiting on Governor Hochul's desk to be signed, as I erroneously told you earlier this week. In my defense, I did talk to several people who gave me that information, so apparently it is a widespread misconception, but that does not uh, relieve me of the burden of having given you bad information. And I always appreciate it um, when you correct me on bad facts. Opinions are opinions, and we're never going to agree 100% of the time on everything, okay? Like uh, Bill Mason, very dear friend. We don't agree on much politically, but I'm going to tell you something. I would give him the shirt off my back. He would give me the girdle from his stomach. In fact, he did just last night. Uh, <laughs> he did just last night, and he wouldn't even let me buy anything. I told him pizza was on me, and he uh, he paid before I could even get the bill. Don't you hate it when people do that? But he's, uh, he's a great guy. So anyway, yeah, opinion-wise, we, we might not agree 100%, you and I, but uh, in terms of fact, I, if I give you a bad fact and you know it's a bad fact, I want you to correct me. There's nothing at all to offend me in giving me a corrected fact because, believe me, there's no upside to me um, giving you bad information. I wouldn't intentionally do that. So if you ever hear me with a fact that isn't correct, always feel free to email me. Believe me, I don't take it personally. Well, I take it personally, but only because, Tom, you idiot, you'd better correct that as soon as possible. Because I don't like to be, uh, I don't want to give out misinformation. There's certainly enough of that in the media. And if I do, just believe me, it is not intentional. I would never intentionally give out a bad fact. Again, there's no upside to that for me whatsoever. Anyway, uh, I'm so glad that you were with us on News Radio 930 WBEN. Yesterday, um, I was just uh, clearing on out of here when uh, news hit that David Crosby died. David Crosby, one of those uh, icons of music, his flowing long locks, his walrus mustache, a storied career. And uh, David Crosby, again, died, member of the Birds, um, BYRDS. And, of course, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And joining us is uh, a guy we turn to for information and reaction whenever a musical icon dies because he's made his career in music, a uh, member of the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame, virtuoso guitar player, um, all-star project. He's also taken part in an Eagles uh, tribute band. Um, and he is, uh, oh, and he had a song in the movie Spaceballs. Very important <laughs> to point out. Uh, my brother, Dick Bowerly. Dick, thanks a lot for joining us. Much appreciated. Hey, Tom, you have an action-packed show today. Uh, I can't wait to hear the UFO part. Yeah, well, we've been interested in that stuff since we were kids, even though you are significantly older than I. Well, y yes, I am. And, and real quick, uh, for your listeners, you know, if they're intrigued by what you're going to be talking about there, there is an excellent series on Amazon Prime called E.T.'s Among Us. It's a three-part series. And if anybody doesn't believe in UFOs or why we don't know more about them, 
watch this series because it explains everything and it will scare you even my wife who is always a little skeptical on this even she watched it with me and she came away a lot more convinced than she previously had been so anyways there's a little a little uh, amplification for the show you'll be doing a little bit later on and i know that's not why you called me no, so i but, guess we should talk about david crosby oh but we will do that in just a minute i'm kind of curious now as to the premise of uh, ufos aliens among us is that the name yeah and what what is its premise that there are actually people who are aliens or that the aliens have arrived all of the above and that Roswell was real and a lot of the, and there were other crashes prior to Roswell uh, a lot of the stuff was uh, was reverse engineered uh, but that's not necessarily what we see and the whole reason again I don't want to get political but that's you asked me the premise of the thing the reason that we don't know about ufos is because the technology is so great and easily copied and one percent of the world's population owns 75 percent of the wealth and these are the people that are making a lot of money by not allowing this new technology uh which is much much better energy cheaper energy not the crap that's being thrown down our throats now it, these people would like basically not be powerful anymore. And there's a deep state called the National uh, Security State that uh, is an arm of the CIA that is basically subverting all this information because they don't want us to know. I got to check. Sounds sounds right up my alley. I mean, I I know that uh, there's been some speculation that the cloaking or invisibility technology actually had its origins in reverse engineering of alien technology. That is simply speculation. I don't know that I buy that or I don't buy it, but I know that that is, uh, you know, it it seems very, very sci-fi-ish until you actually see it in action. And then it's like, wow, this stuff really this stuff really exists. No, and, and real real quick, the other thing that was really captivating, do you remember years ago when they released a small segment of the alleged alien autopsy video? Yeah. Well, they showed almost the whole thing in this documentary, uh, and they had a uh, they had a surgeon on who was reviewing the actual autopsy, and he pointed out that that thing was real. And he, and he explained, I mean, it is remarkable. He, he explains that here's the, the autopsy, and here's why it is real. Look at this muscle fiber. Look at this. Look at that. And then they also talked to the, uh, one of the people that worked with Spielberg and does all his special effects, and he said, we could never do this. We could never replicate this. This is real. So it's very captivating. I mean, again, if, you, if you're a non-believer, you should really watch this this thing because it is uh, it is a great series and there's four parts all together and I was spellbound. See, I thought that that alien autopsy was debunked. Uh, they were looking at even such things as the telephone and the wire between the phone and the handset, as I recall, from back in the 80s or 90s, and that that was just uh, uh, not a real thing. But you're saying that uh, it, it the the people on this program anyway say it was a real autopsy of a real alien. That's correct, and they get into anatomical uh, explanation of to prove that. And by the way, the word that you just used, debunked, that is a recurring theme throughout this documentary because they mention how how this national security state, how they have people, and how they they uh, they manage misinformation to debunk anything that is uh, anything that is real. And don't forget Ed uh, Hynek, uh, who is a scientist that used to be employed by Project Blue Book back in the day. He quit. Because they were trying to tell him to basically lie to the public, and he said, I'm just not going to lie to the public anymore. UFOs are real. Don't tell me to tell other people that they're not. Not, not I mean, to nitpick, but wasn't it Alan Hynek? Yes. 
Alan Hynek. Okay. Yes. Well, I got to. I got to. We all got to check that out. It's Amazon Prime, and it's uh, what is it called again? It's called ETs Among Us. ETs Among Us. All right, I got to check that out now. You'll love it. You'll love it. Well, I, I never should have brought up UFOs with you on the line because now I just want to sit here and talk UFOs with you. But uh, the reason we called you because of your musical background, obviously, is uh, to talk about David Crosby, who died yesterday. Cannot believe he actually lived that long, given the abuse uh, that he put his body through, uh, the liver transplant many years ago. But he made it into his uh, 80s. Of the three, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Stills is the youngest. I think he's uh, 78. But why was uh, David Crosby, with his long, flowing locks and his walrus mustache, uh, an icon? What made David Crosby David Crosby? Well, number one, he was a—he was—he really was a, a great singer. Uh, he had great musical DNA. Uh, and again, he—he he was part of, as you mentioned earlier, two of the most iconic American bands of all time you know the birds and the uh, and crosby stills and nash crosby stills nash and young or whatever Uh, i did see david crosby by the way with graham nash in uh in the falls a few years back uh he he was just he was a bigger than life musical icon and i say that because some people loved him other people didn't like him again because of the liver transplant that you mentioned how he got his before maybe other people more deserving got theirs uh, so he, and also he was he was kind of blatantly political uh, at a time when it wasn't really cool for musicians to be blatantly political. I think I showed you the scene from the Monterey Pops Festival where he went into this tirade about the JFK assassination, and uh, his bandmates did not appreciate it because he basically came out and said, you know, hey, the government killed JFK, the CIA did it, and everybody thought that was a terrible thing to say. Turns out he, he was right, <laughs> you know, but. You know, I guess in three years or four years after the fact, it was not cool for a performer to be on stage and go into a political tirade. But David Crosby didn't care. Uh, He was part of that Laurel Canyon clique, by the way, which is another great documentary that explains the synergy between people like Crosby, uh, Roger McGuinn, the Mamas and the Papas, and yes, even the Monkees. They all lived in in an area called Laurel Canyon, and they all went and got blasted together and hung out together. So the music influences, you know, kind of flew back and forth amongst all of them. And he was one of the ringleaders. He and Cass Elliott, you know, were uh, probably the, the king and queen of decadence of that particular locale. Wow. Uh, Cass Elliott, of course, Mama Cass, uh, Mamas and the Papas, and uh, went off, had a solo career, was doing very well, and then uh, died in uh, in London, not from eating a ham sandwich. She had uh, a cardiac issue. Just uh, that, that whole ham sandwich thing was a total myth. I don't know how it got started, but it certainly has been perpetuated in pop culture over the years. Uh, you mentioned uh, David Crosby's uh, singing. Uh, you also mentioned the synergy, and uh, you mentioned uh, having seen Graham Nash and David Crosby together in Niagara Falls. And when you um, compare, when you when you look at, when you listen to the musical harmonic synergy between Nash and Crosby and their voices, uh, leaving stills out of it for the time being, it was really um, amazing. It was angelic. Uh, David Gilmore actually brought um, David Crosby and Graham Nash on stage to do Shine On Crazy Diamond. Um, in one of his shows, and it was just—it's it, online, and it's just an amazing performance. Yeah, well, they, you know, again, you know, all the—I had all the early Birds albums, and you know, I played the first Crosby, Stills and Nash record, of course, back in those days, and Deja Vu, which was the second one. 
I wore those records out. I mean, those records were just, you know, to me, uh, an incredible illumination of, you know, what I wanted to be, you know, as a, you know, as a musician. So, I mean, I, I speak very highly of, of them. And you're right. The blend of the voices between Nash and Crosby, sometimes you really almost couldn't tell them apart if they were singing in a lower register. Obviously, Graham Nash had that piercing high voice, and he was always pretty easy to pick out. Yeah, even uh, going back to his days with uh, the Hollies, uh, you can obviously hear Graham Nash in the mix. But it, you know, it's amazing how some people's voices just blend together so amazingly. And uh, David Crosby and Graham Nash, uh, a great example of that. And throw Stephen Stills into the mix. And you know, Stephen Stills wrote uh, so many of Crosby, Stills, and Nash's big hits and uh, is just a obviously a phenomenal guitar player, still is. Yeah, I think he had a stroke, though. I've noticed that when they interview him now, he seems to have uh, some speech difficulties. But, I mean, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But, you know, you're, you're Crosby, uh, again, he was he was a character. I mean, maybe that's part of what will be his legacy is that, you know, great musician, in part weirdo, okay, by, you know, by, by his contemporaries. But, you know, one thing that you would appreciate and I appreciate he was not afraid to express his opinion even if the timing was maybe not always appropriate no it uh, yeah it, it certainly uh, anyway well, you you mentioned the fact uh, that he was political I mean I think of songs like long time gone which uh, David Crosby wrote I believe uh, right after the assassination of Robert Kennedy and almost cut my hair yes let your freak flag fly, if you remember the line in that song. Yeah, now, uh, Stephen Stills, now, he apparently did not have any stroke, but he did have uh, surgery for uh, prostate cancer back in 2008, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just a, a function of his getting uh, getting a little bit older. Um, and obviously, these guys put their bodies through incredible torment. I mean, even, even Graham Nash now has a full head of uh, white hair. He's not gone the dying route. I mean, as in dyeing your hair. Well, right. And, you know, I was thinking when I heard that uh, David Crosby passed, you know, yesterday, I'm thinking to myself, and I don't mean to make light of it, but I'm thinking somewhere in the world, Keith Richards is going, I beat you, <laughs> you know. You know, that's that's really that's really a great point because uh, he, you know, somebody once joked that in the event of World War III, there would be two things alive in the world, Keith and cockroaches, and that's about it. Um, he does seem indestructible. Um, stand by, if, if you would, Dick, uh, talking about uh, D David Crosby, who uh, died yesterday. Uh, the Birds, very iconic rock and roll Hall of Fame group. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, obviously, another iconic Hall of Fame group. And as we think about the people who've actually made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, one of the most egregious um, uh, failures of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is its failure to induct Three Dog Night. Uh, one of the guys in Three Dog Night, Corey Wells, was his stage name, um, was obviously a, a Buffalo boy. And uh, the fact that the Three Dog Night guys are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is absolutely, it's, it's outrageous. And the excuse that they gave was, well, you guys didn't write your own songs, to which uh, their response has always been, yeah, well, 
have you thought about Elvis much? So uh, win on that one to three dog night, but they're still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame despite a string of uh, a string of hits and and incredible albums that sold in their millions. It is Bowerly two twenty seven at News Radio nine thirty WBen. More on uh, David Crosby and music on News Radio nine thirty WBen with my brother Dick Bowerly next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Shells lie scattered in the sand Winking up like shining eyes at me David Crosby, uh, Graham Nash, and a song called Leashure. I thought it was uh, David Crosby's best solo song. Uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. David Crosby, the birds, Crosby, Stills, and Nash uh, died yesterday. Made it to his uh, 80s, which I think is extraordinary given his uh, storied past. My brother Dick Bowerly, member of the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame, the Kenmore East Performing Arts Hall of Fame, but most importantly uh, with a song in the Mel Brooks movie Spaceballs is with us on News Radio 930 WBEN. And we've talked about the uh, the blending of the voices and, and how good, how big Crosby, Stills, and Nash were, and obviously uh, the birds. But you know, one thing I always wondered, Dick, is you, you take these people who are considered icons, whether it's uh, Paul McCartney, uh, Ringo Starr, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, Bob Dylan, and I always wonder how they feel about the fact that their work is decades old, and they haven't had a new hit in a long time. What happens to somebody? Do they just burn out of their ability to write amazing songs? Does, is, is it people's taste in music? Uh, obviously, that changes. It's all hip-hop now and, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. 
the techno as well. Uh, what what happens? Uh, that, that's a good question. I mean, if 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 there was an answer to that question, then people like McCartney and Stephen Stills would still be writing good songs. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe it just the well runs dry after a while, and maybe they just feel that they. They, they reach a point where they begin to copy themselves too much, and then they, you know, they just feel like it's no longer something that is uh, valid or something that they're proud to play for people. That's the best answer that I can give is that, you know, you write so many great songs. There's there come a point where you begin to repeat yourself a little bit, and when you repeat yourself, it becomes obvious to your fans, and when it becomes obvious to your fans, well, then it's sort of, you know, all of a sudden the legacy begins to get a little tarnished. That's the best answer I can come up with on that. Well, in talk radio, I wouldn't know anything about repeating myself. Uh, David Crosby uh, died yesterday, and we're talking about it right now on News Radio 930 WBEN. Dick, for those who might uh, be a little bit younger, uh, how big were the birds back in the day? Roger McGuinn, David Crosby, and we could go through the roster, but uh, well, you probably will. But h- how big were they? They were huge. I mean, they, they were uh, probably the first, I, have, I hate to use this term, but they were probably the first folk rock uh, band. That, uh, that that came that came out and their legacy really was because they really came out of uh, with McGuinn and some of the other guys in the band including Crosby they came out of the folk scene and when the Beatles came out it was like hey you know there's more to music than this three chord stuff that we're doing and uh, you know maybe we should try to rock it up a little bit more and I think that that really was their legacy they were they were a tr- they were a transition uh, from folk, but from the birds, you know, came so many others. I mean, ultimately, you could say, well, Poco came from the birds. You could say the Eagles came from the birds. I mean, the, the lineage—they started that whole kind of country folk rock thing that became real popular and was prevalent all the way through the '70s and into the '80s. And if you don't understand the uh, relevance of uh, Roger McGuinn and the birds, I would urge you to take a look at Tom Petty, uh, who uh, definitely was influenced by Roger McGuinn and the birds, no doubt about it. By the way, Dick, uh, obviously he's still very much uh, alive, but Roger McGuinn, just an amazing guitar player. I uh, had a chance to see him and uh, talk to him uh, extensively after a show in Buffalo at the old Trough. And w- one of the things that just blew me away was how incredible he was on guitar. And he was he was certainly not a three-chord guy. No, he definitely was not. I mean, and again, some of their recordings... Uh you know, bordered on the you know bordered on the psychedelic uh, era a little bit too. I mean, if you listen to their 5D album, uh, they're doing songs like Eight Miles High and some other things that were very incredibly inventive and and I think arguably you know ahead of their time. So again, they evolved. And it was funny was they ultimately ended up getting back into the country stuff. Now, of course, Crosby was long gone by this point. They kicked Crosby out after his uh, tirade at Monterey, as I understand it uh, because uh, you know Crosby again as I said you know loved and admired his musician but a lot of the people that work with him didn't really like him I mean even Stephen still said well you know we butted heads quite a few times you know so I mean he was very difficult to get along with I think he was very temperamental very opinionated and that doesn't always sit well in the context of a band it really doesn't 
And talking about how big the birds were, the other band uh, with which David Crosby had much success, obviously, was Crosby, Stills, and Nash. What made them so good? And I have to ask you that because when you look at the second time they performed together uh, as uh, a trio, well, actually, Neil Young joined them on stage at Woodstock, but uh, you listen to uh, their Woodstock set, and frankly, it wasn't that good. And you listen to the Four-Way Street live album, it also was not very good at all. Uh, but what made Crosby, Stills, and Nash so incredibly awesome? I would say, well, I think it was two things. It was A, uh, it was obviously, it always starts with the songs, right? And then B, uh, they cut their eye teeth, uh, kind of setting the standard for, you know, for harmony in, in pop songs, I think. I mean, yes, I know there were the Everly Brothers. I know there were the Beatles and the Beach Boys. I get all that. But what they did uh, in the context of a more modern uh, style of music for that time, late 60s, early 70s, uh, it was a first. And that's what made them great. But, I mean, the big, if you said, well, what's the one biggest thing? I would have to say it, it always is the songs. And the songs were great. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they were. Uh, you mentioned that you saw uh, David Crosby and Graham Nash together. Did you ever see the three of them or the four of them together live? I did once, believe it or not, but it was briefly. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Morrow, was getting married at the old Odd Club, and that coincidentally, that same night, Crosby, Stills, and Nash were doing a concert downstairs. So Mary and I walked down, and we stood in the back of the Odd near the end of their show, and for about five or six minutes, I did see Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, I saw him a few times and uh, also saw Graham Nash solo. Had a chance to talk to all three of them at one time or another, but uh, it was, uh, you know, they, they were... Uh, they were something, and uh, you know they released an album in the. Uh, well, they released a couple of albums uh, later on in uh, in their career, which uh, really were quite good, and I thought uh, underrated. Uh, a lot of great songs in the later discography, if you will, uh, if you will, of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And you know, Dick, the other thing you mentioned, uh, Keith from the Rolling Stones before Brian Wilson is still alive. You alluded to the Beach Boys, and and again, here's a guy who put his body through so much abuse. Um, Mike Love told me Brian Wilson smoked so many cigarettes, that's why he can't sing anymore. Yeah, it, 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 I think some of that gets into it, it must have something to do with DNA. I mean, look at how many people that, that I you know that I knew personally or that knew of that were like athletic and they'd run five miles a day, and then the next thing you know, they dropped out of a heart attack. So, I mean, DNA, I think, must play some role in, in longevity. And, oh, by the way, real quick, because I don't want to mislead your loyal listeners, uh, that UFO show I alluded to, it's not aliens among us, it's ETs among us. Yeah, so just if people are interested, it's ETs among us. Watch it. You will be blown away. That's all. Yeah, by the <laughs> way, you, you don't have to worry about any of the bad DNA because I'm pretty sure that I got it all in the family, so you should be good to go for another 20 years. Well, I, I, I know you've, you've, you've actually uh, <laughs> been through a lot, and, uh, you know, I realize that uh, I'm always on call, Tom, because you're out. Thank you, thank never, you, thank you. I, thank I, you. I, I never know when I'm going to get that 7 o'clock in the morning call. Hey, uh, <laughs> you dick, it's Tim. Can you do Tom's show today? <laughs> and, of course, I, I love subbing for you, even though the quality is nowhere near as good when I'm on as when you're no, on. No, 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 it's much better. But uh, I Dick, enjoy it. I, I want to thank you uh, very much for joining us on News Radio 930 WBEN. One one more question I have for you. David Crosby will be remembered as? Uh, I would just say as a prolific, a prolific artist 
of the of the of the rock era of the early rock era 1965 through 1975 he is you know one of one of the top five one of the top six in my in my book anyways and of course that's subjective well i mean you you do have to uh, do have to admire a guy who can have a net worth in the tens of millions of dollars who uh, you know rails against the one percent you got to admire that Oh, I, I definitely, I, I, you know, you and I, I think we both uh, would admire that part of him. And, and again, you know, not to overstate it, because I know it's one of your, your favorite topics, but what he did at Monterey was really a different thing for that time period. I mean, to get on stage in front of, you know, thousands of people and say, hey, the CIA killed JFK, you know, I mean, that was, that was pretty radical and pretty ballsy of him to do that. Yeah, and he still made it into the 80s. He's not part of uh, the book Hit List uh, by Richard Belzer, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, thank you very much, Richard. Always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. Yes, we will. Have a great show, Tom. I'll, well, I'll try. Uh, Dick Bowerly, uh, my brother, member of the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame, virtuoso guitar player, and yes, he did have a song in uh, Spaceballs. You know, that whole uh, conversation got me to wondering um, – I'm I'm just curious. I'm, there are a couple of things that I want to ask you here. When it when it comes to music, when it comes to music, to what do you listen? Like, what is your go-to music? I have to admit, I have a lot of uh, Crosby, Stills, uh, and Nash music. I have a lot of Bob Dylan music. I mean, I've even got Lottie Lenya doing Maki Messer in German somewhere around in my musical files. Your go-to music, is it, the, is it the classic rock stuff? Is it country? And if it's country, is it the newer stuff? Is it the older stuff like uh, Hank Williams Sr.? But what, what is your go-to stuff? And if, like, who would be, if somebody announced that they were on tour and they were going to do a show at the stadium or the arena for whom would you be first in line to to get tickets? You know, wh- who are your musical go-tos? And I was thinking about this because you know, every generation. I heard a comedian last night on one of the uh, comedy channels doing a bit on the fact that every generation thinks that its music was better than anything that is out in the current day, right? I think this starts somewhere around the age of 35 or possibly 40. Personally, um, as far as uh, new, I don't do, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, I don't do most of the newer music. Some of it, yeah, uh, but not a lot of it. I am married to the stuff with which I grew up, the stuff that I listen to, because every song, <laughs> excuse me, every song, when you hear it, you can put yourself back in the place you were when you first heard it. And I, look, I know I can't be the only one. We had a chance to see Crosby, Stills, and Nash uh, at Canandaigua, or not Crosby, we had a chance to see Hall & Oates at uh, Canandaigua just a few months ago. And the place was, if it wasn't sold out, it was really close to it. And Hall and & Oates were absolutely um, sensational. I mean, there were... There, there was one time that concerned me, and that is when Daryl Hall was at the keyboard and he had to ask John Oates what key a song was in. 
And I'm just I'm a little bit concerned about Daryl and his mental agility. I hope that he's not losing that, but unfortunately, you know that's something that comes with uh, with with getting older. Now, whether that was just a, a brain glitch like we all have, or whether that's a sign of something to look out for in the future, I don't know. Uh, Daryl Hall still looks better uh, at what 80 years old than uh, a lot of people do in their 40s. Uh, he certainly hasn't lost his his sex appeal and his his charisma, but. Uh, when he forgot what Kia song was in that he's played a lot, uh, that was somewhat disconcerting, not going to lie. But Hall & Oates packed him in. Um, Jeff Lynn's Electric Light Orchestra had a chance to see them uh, in um, right before the pandemic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, along with George Harrison's kid, um, Danny Harrison. It was, uh, it was a terrific show. But the music that you listen to, you've, you've got your go-to stuff, right? And then the, what, what surprises me, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but there's music that when it was out and when it was big and when it was just uh, everywhere, maybe you didn't like it too much. For example, the music of the 1980s being alive and sentient somewhat in the 1980s, I was not really in to 1980s music. I didn't really care for it that much. I didn't care for 80s music until seeing Nerds Gone Wild for the first time in uh, 2015. And after that, 80s music suddenly started to resonate because it was a lot of fun. And Eddie Tabone, the drummer, uh, he has he usually speeds things up. He plays at a much faster tempo than the original song, and it it works. It makes it a really fun show anytime you have a chance to see the nerds. I still love going out to see Nerds Gone Wild. But one of the things, too, that you notice, I don't know if this is the same for you as for me, but back you know seven years ago, if a band started at 9.30 at night, it was no big deal. Okay, we'll go out, uh, you know, we'll leave at 9 o'clock, we'll get there at 9.15, we'll uh, get a good place in front of the band, and we'll stay out till midnight and go home. Well, whether it was the pandemic or whether it was just getting older, I don't know, the 9.30 start times, not a real big fan uh, of those start times. Really, yeah, really am not. But the, the classic rock that people like um, Hit and Run, Flipside, uh, th- that they do, uh, is is terrific. Uh, 45 RPM. They do a terrific show. Midlife Crisis uh, was tremendous. I had a chance to see them one time. But the, it's the music they play. Uh, there's something that to me is is absolutely timeless. And I love the classic rock. I mean, this is just speaking personally. Just love the classic rock. There's a lot of country stuff that I love. A lot of the classic country stuff that I love. Um, Rodney Crowell, She's Crazy for Leaving. That is just one of the greatest songs ever, in, in my opinion. Joe Walsh, uh, a member of the Eagles before that James gang. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a local uh, guitar player, Dave Viterna, who is absolutely if if you've never seen Dave Viterna play you need to see Dave Viterna play because he absolutely rocks it and he he'll do Hendrix he'll 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 do just everything he'll do Joe Walsh and it's just 
amazing. It is spellbinding. It is, uh, it, it's beyond words. That's how he's really, really good. He's amazingly talented. He could take a $50 guitar and make it sound like a custom $10,000 build. He's just got that kind of feel. Um, Jamie Hulka is another one who is just terrific. Um, Nori Bucci had a chance to see her um, over the weekend, and she's a great local guitar player. But it, it's the music they play. Um, there's a band that does a lot of stuff from the 1990s. I mentioned uh, Bill Mason before. Bill Mason drums with pretty much every band in western New York. Uh, but Bill plays with a band called Lithium. And I think the name of the band kind of synopsizes the kind of music they do. But it, it's really good. And this, again, music that I didn't particularly care for when it was when it was big, when it was out, when it was fresh, when it was new. But having a chance to see people doing it live, doing cover versions of the stuff live, it, it gives you a new um, appreciation. I mean, what, what was the last CD that you bought? And speaking of, of music, see, this is... This is something that uh, that needs to be addressed. Where do you turn to for music? See, in the old days, you used to have you used to have a uh, a receiver, all right, an an amp, a receiver. You used to have a turntable, a CD player, maybe a cassette player, possibly an eight track player if you're old enough to remember that. And it would take up, uh, you know, it, it could take up a wall of space very very easily. And now. Everything, everything has changed. I mean, there was a time. The last CD I bought was Christopher Cross, uh, the best of Christopher Cross. It's a great CD. And you know what? There's an example of, 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 uh, of a performer like Hall and Oates. We we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think it was. But at the time, they were super big. I couldn't get into Christopher Cross. Couldn't get into Hall and Oates. And I would have laughed if you'd have told me that you were going to see the Bee Gees. Remember that conversation we had? Um, now, when you go online and you check out the Bee Gees Live, there's a, there's a great performance one night only that they did in Las Vegas. It is, it's breathtaking. It's amazing. It is sheer genius. Same thing with ELO. Um, I had a friend growing up. He was all about ELO. And there are a few songs that I thought were pretty good, but when eh, it was like, okay, yeah, whatever, it's ELO. But now uh, you, you go back, and uh, it, it's funny. When when you're out, like uh, at, at Russell Steaks and Shops, okay, just to give you an example, um, he's got these big TV screens, and one of the things that he'll play a lot of is Jeff Lynn and ELO live. And that's what got me into really liking ELO. Like, wait a minute, they really are good. They re Jeff Lynn is really pretty amazing, and it's the same thing with the with with the Bee Gees. It just you, it's almost like these people musically have always been in the background, but then you discover them, even though they have already been discovered. And and some of them, you know, let's face it, are you know they're they're past their prime. They're considered. Um, old people in the music in the world of music but they can still resonate with you. I mean, Christopher Cross's Think of Laura is just it's an amazing song. It's very catchy, it's very emotional and it, it, it's just it's an amazing bit of music. And then you find yourself, okay, why did he write that song? And it turns out that Think of Laura is about a friend of one of his ex-girlfriends who was killed accidentally in a shooting. She was in a car 
and uh, some idiots got into gunplay down the street, and she ended up catching a stray bullet and, and dying. That's what that song is all about. A lot of people thought it was about the soap opera. It wasn't about the soap opera. It was about something totally different that was adapted to the Laura character. Um, but do you have, seriously, do you have a, a go-to music or kind of music? And one of the things, uh, people, people laugh about this, but uh, I, I got hooked on Yacht Rock. Yeah, it, it, it's a genre of music. It's called Yacht Rock, and it, it's really hard to describe. Uh, they play a lot of uh, Jerry Rafferty. Um, they play a lot of uh, the Doobie Brothers, uh, Al Stewart, Year of the Cat, things like that. It, it's a nice, mellow, relaxing kind of music. I mean, you're not going to hear um, Joe Walsh. You're not going to hear anything too heavy on Yacht Rock. But look, heavy stuff has a time and a place. My favorite Beatles song is Helter Skelter. And as far as albums are concerned, uh, the Beatles' Abbey Road side two is an absolute masterpiece. And when you saw McCartney in uh, September 2015 here in Buffalo, uh, he did a lot of that stuff from side two of Abbey Road. And it was just, it was spellbinding. It was absolutely um, mesmerizing. But see, uh, my, my go-to music, and I'm going to put Yacht Rock as a subdivision of classic rock, is, is classic rock. When it when all comes down to it, you had to ask me to make a choice, it would be classic rock. And, and you may have the greatest album of all time. I mean, uh, Hotel California by the Eagles. That th There's not a bad song on the entire album. It starts out strong, it finishes strong, and there's a lot of great stuff in, in the middle. Um, but music is such a big part of our lives. The uh, phone number, uh, I want to continue this a little bit into the 3 o'clock hour, see if you guys want to want to play with me, um, not physically, but uh, metaphorically on the radio. 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, obviously, look, I'm... I'm I really enjoy music, listening to music. Um, I it's just it's a big part of life. Wish I knew more about it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.